When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. time highs right so guess what there is none of no structure y'all so now we're forced to do something else this is why it's important to understand different tools right we i i, I can't underestimate the importance of being a well-rounded trader even if you flock to a specific style right I was telling our, I'm writing training for our, our track and field athletes. And or I was talking, I was doing an interview with uh, coaches actually um, for track and field. And they were asking, what is the, um, what is the best thing we'd like to see at the college level? Um, as far as having, you know, what, is, what, what do we want high school coaches to do a better job of so that athletes are prepared at the college level? And my answer was, we just want to see better athletes. You don't have to be a better runner or a better jumper, just in general, a better athlete, a person that can do athletic things. Um, because if you have that bigger tool set, it's easier to adjust to the specifics later. And, and trading is the same way. If you are an overall trader, so if, if all Kevin knows is advanced pattern formations, he's good at, he's good at one thing in the market, but he's limited in what he can do. And this was me when I first started trading. I, I traded advanced patterns only. He's limited in what he can do in the market. Because when the market is moving directionally, guess what Kevin can't do? Can't really do much else. However, if Kevin is flexible in his approach, if he is a student of price action, he can then go about adding different tools to his trade. He can be a pattern trader, obviously, because that takes learning price action. But maybe he can implement a trend continuation strategy, something to take advantage of the directional markets. Maybe he can implement another structure-based strategy. So maybe patterns aren't forming, but he can now trade support and resistance levels, right? He has the ability because he understands price action, and obviously he knows how to go about creating a strategy and testing it. He has, a, he has the ability to really create flexibility within his his trading plan and the same thing goes for situations like this right if you're only a structure-based trader if, if and this i love structure don't get me wrong but if you're only a structure-based trader there's no way you can predict targets on this because there's no structure but if you're a well-rounded student now you can refer to the rest of your tools you're saying okay Akil, i can't use structure but what else can i use to make these predictions uh, that's definitely a benefit to be more than just a one trick pony in the market even if you are using one trick to be knowledgeable about 
the other stuff. Um, Akil, what made you extend your portfolio beyond advanced patterns when you were starting? Well, I always wanted to naturally evolve. Um, I had traded a lot more before that, but I overwhelmed myself because I was trying to do too much at once and I, I wasn't really, I didn't really master any one thing, right? I was good at a, a few things and I was kind of everywhere in the market. So when I, when I did my last restart, right? Whenever I say when I first started trading, this is like probably like three years after I first started trading or two years after I first started trading. Um, but when I did my last restart, I decided to focus on one thing, right? My trading mentor always told me, start simple, right? Trade one strategy on one pair on one time frame. Because if you can't do that, if you can't do one thing good, how are you going to do 10 things good? Um, so when I finally decided to wisen up and, and do things the right way, I said, okay, I'm going to focus on one thing. I'm going to focus on one time frame. Um, I didn't do one pair. I did multiple pairs because I was a swing trader and one pair would be pointless. Um, but it was very, very simple. So I just traded Gartley's. I had like a 20 pair portfolio of trading Gartley's or somewhere close to that, maybe 16. Um, and then once I was comfortable with Gartley's, I would spend money or spend money. I would spend time making money trading Gartley's and I was a swing trader. So like I'd get maybe like four opportunities a month at all. So I had all this free time to do nothing with and I started learning the next advanced pattern formation start learning bats. And I was spending my free time while I'm, you know, because trading advanced patterns is simple. You, you set a limit order and some stops and that's it. <laughs> there's not much, there's not much else to it. Every once in a while you roll a stop down, but there's there's really not any analysis from day to day aside from like, did we get there yet? Did we get there yet? Um, so I'd spend that free time back testing bat patterns and eventually I added bat patterns to my arsenal. So now I had two ways to take advantage of the market. And the thing that really prompted me, I was I was a, a price action trader before, so I was knowledgeable about trading price action and trading continuation and counter trend, all that stuff. I just kind of, again, had to reset myself. The thing that got me is I was doing really good with advanced pattern formations, but I would I would September would destroy me every year um, because September was historically and I haven't noticed this lately, but back when I was trading um, then September was historically a very directional month. Right. The summer was slow. The September would come, all the big players would come back to the market. They look at the market and be like, hey, things aren't where they should be. And they start pushing it in a certain direction. And it wasn't really good for pattern trading. Again, I haven't noticed this lately, but this is how it was for like a good three year period. Um, so I got tired of just like eating losses in September. So I was like, well, I need to I need to figure out a way to be able to take advantage of September's as well. And that's when I started implementing more. Um, more strategies that dealt with um, directional movement as well. So I just, I slowly evolved. I, I always had plans of doing it. I was, in, my mind was never like, hey, let's just do one thing and stop there. I always wanted to get back to price action stuff because that's what I loved in the first place. But I had to, I had to start with patterns because I was very undisciplined um, and I, I needed something that would keep me disciplined. I, I was very undisciplined as a trader. Um, and patterns was, the most black and white thing that I can trade that gave me less opportunity to think. It was just kind of follow and, and do. Um, but yeah, I just, you slowly add the pieces together. Um, and that goes for the same thing for you guys looking to get more aggressive. I've gotten, I mean, when I first started trading price action and like CTS, like I needed structure, I needed a double top, I needed RSI overbought, I needed divergence, I needed like 18 different things to take a trade. Um, and now I can take a higher, high, higher close.
So the same thing with being becoming more aggressive. You just you slowly evolve. You slowly evolve and build. And, and I, I knew the skills. Um, now it was just using them in a way that provided me with an edge. So what time were you swing trading on? Four hour, four hour chart. Yep. I come in, I look at charts for like two minutes and I'll be like, yep, yep, nope, yep, nope, nope, done. Now, <laughs> what am I going to do for the next 12 hours of my day? <laughs> David says, did you backtest all 20 pairs? What do you think, David? I'll let you answer that question. There you go. Yep, of course I did. Of course I did. I did enough dumb stuff in my career. Of course I backtested all 20. Yep, 100 trades, sometimes more. A few of them less. Yep. Yeah, I did. And most of the time I backtested more than once because I would backtest and I'd, and I'd have a thought and I'd be like, hmm, I wonder if I would do this, how would that affect it? And I would start all the way over again and backtest it again. So I would say that I backtested each pair, at least the majority of them, um, probably about at least two times, probably three times a piece for the, for the Gartley pattern. By the time I started backtesting bats, I, was, I, would, I wisened up some. But the Gartley was really my first time like backtesting something um, aside from CTS. So whenever I had an idea like, hmm, I wonder how the 50% would do in comparison to 3D2. Start all over and I would only test that. Only afterwards did I wisen up and be like, what if I just tested all of the questions I had at the same time and then compared later? Um, so that was a stupid moment, but as you can imagine, right, it helped my RAS tremendously because inside of just, instead of just a hundred trades per pair, it was probably more like 300 trades per pair times 20 pairs. So I, I spent all, I, I did nothing better to do guys. I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a job. So I was just chart, chart dude for all day. So why not? But it, it helped in, in, in hindsight, it helped my RAS massively. Um, because I was, I was constantly just going over the same patterns that I identified before over and over and over and over again, because I kept having smart ideas halfway through. Um, so took up a lot of time, but again, it's, it's on the four hour chart. And when you're testing one thing at a time, I, I can probably blow through, I can probably blow through a pair. Uh, I can, I, no, I can probably blow through a pair. I think it's, I think it took me like, uh, in like, Maybe like two days or so, two, three days, I can do a pair. And again, it wasn't like 12 hours straight. I, I had, you know, I had to take breaks. <laughs> the fingers started cramping up and hurting. So I had to, I'd learned to take breaks and, and whatnot. But I think it took me, usually I can, I can do a pair like in three days. I, I would knock off like two or three a week. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Two or three a week, I think a month to get through a whole kind of deal. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, so would you test all the potential filters with uh, at the same time as baseline? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even I don't even think you need to run a uh, a separate baseline. If you if you're if you're looking at patterns and you already have an idea of what you want to test, test them all at the same time. Just go go through it one time and just take a lot of data. Um, a baseline test is more so for if you kind of don't if you, you haven't really had an idea of, of what you want to 
test first. Then you have that baseline, then you're comparing your ideas later. But yeah, I'll just do it all at the same time. That's why you really want to think about what you want to backtest before you backtest. Don't just hop right into backtesting, guys. Before you backtest, you should think about like what, what do I want to test, right? And that's when you can ask the community, um, spend time in the markets and take notes, right? I, I, it's not a process, in my opinion, that you want to do multiple times. It kind of sucks. Um, some people like it, weirdos, but for the most of us, it, it sucks. So I think you need to be you need to be prepared to backtest. Now, obviously, there, there's still going to be stuff that comes up. When you spend time in the market, you're going to notice things, um, and then you can you can do alternate tests later for that. There, there still may be questions, of course. That just happens, but at least you can you can knock most of them out the way. And usually, most of the questions are going to come in three different ways. Like, what type of stops should I test? What type of targets should I test? What type of entries should I test? Most of your questions are going to come in those three levels. So focus on those. Whew. 2017, your first YouTube video. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, how bad was that? I should delete all those things. Um, all I could hear was bats and Gartleys. I said, wow, he must be a trading professor. So I subscribed. I was a complete newly, newbie then doing research on trading. I was a complete newbie then to doing research on trading. Yeah, that's all I traded back then. Um, I believe 2017. No, I had to try. I, I traded more in 2017. I didn't. No, 2017. That's not my first video. No, 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 no. That's not my first video. My first video was, uh, or 2017, you watched it. My first video had to be. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I was coaching before I started YouTube. Maybe you're right. I started coaching in 2012, right? Yeah, I started coaching in 2012. Maybe I didn't get on YouTube until 2017. I was trading more than that, more than bats and stuff at, at that point. Um, let me see. Let's see what YouTube says. Maybe I've deleted all the embarrassing ones. Videos, all 8 million thousand of them. Sort by date. Let's see. When was that first one released? Yep, seven years ago. Oh my gosh. June 30th, 2012. Yeah, so I started coaching uh, December 2011. And uh, I guess halfway through, I had the confidence to start doing some YouTube videos. Oh, don't watch them. Bad. Oh, gosh. Guys, yeah, the first video I watched in 2017, yeah. So by then, yeah, by then I was trading a lot more. 2000, 2012, I'm pretty sure I was just trading Bats and Gartleys, yeah, harmonic stuff. James says, do you take advanced pattern trades if a trend market, um, in a trend market and in a counter, and it's counter trend to the move? Yep. I'll put it simple. I take every advanced pattern trade that meets my rules. Simple as that. No if and your buts. I like this throwback. Must feel amazing to look back at the journey after being successful. Yeah, it's easy to look back. That's what I like to tell people. If, if, if I look at my struggle period, right? If, if I look at the, the two years in which I really struggled, um, it seemed like forever. Forever. Like you'll never get out of it. Um, but I look back now and it's like, man... 
like from like 2010, that's when I started calling myself successful. 2010, it's been 10 years. So it's like 10 years of success massively outweighs two years of struggle. And the struggle period, it feels like a little blip. Like I don't even remember, I'm, not sure, I'm sure I remember the pain, but I don't, I don't remember the pain in the same way. It feels like a little pinch, like, oh, I got a little pinch and then it was good. Where at the time, it probably felt like a gushing, I'm sure it did feel like a gushing wound. Because um, I, th- I was at a point where I thought I'd never be successful. I thought I'd be successful going in. I was very confident, perhaps too, too confident. And then I got to a point where I thought I was going to fail. Like I remember I started, I started writing, rewriting and refreshing my resume. And I was getting ready to mail them out. Because I was like, hey, my nest egg is running out. In six months, I'm back in the market, uh, the job market. Um, <laughs> I'd like, I hate to say I'd given up cause I'm an athlete. I'm a competitor. Like I don't like doing that, but like, I'm aside from me telling myself what I need to hear. I'm pretty sure I'd given up. Now I wouldn't say it. It's kind of like, you know, you sports guys out there, like when you're in a, you're in a, you're in a, um, you're in a game and you're losing and you know, you're going to lose, but you still think you're going to win. It was one of those situations where it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to make this comeback. But in reality, you're like, man, dude, we don't have a chance. Um, that's how I felt at the time gushing wound that couldn't be stopped um and then i did something stupid and just followed what my my mentor told me to do um and (laughs) what do you know wish i would have done that two years earlier right but uh yeah it seems like nothing now now it's been 10 years and it's gonna be it's gonna be cooler when you know 30 years from now when i look back and i've been like hey i've I've been i've been consistently profitable for 40 straight years how long did you struggle two it's nothing that's why that's why it, it's weird when people aren't willing to sacrifice this time. People think like I got to get good in like a day. Like even if it takes you two years to get good, Gabby was a great example because Gabby took two years before even like trading. And it seems forever at the time. Like, what do you mean it might take me a year? Eight. We, we always tell people, and Mike Bellafiore says this as well. Probably about eighteen months. I always say one to two years before you kind of hit your stride trading. Um, you know, get, get through that awkward period where you're, you're still kind of doing dumb stuff or missing trades, but usually about 18 months in, you kind of get it and you start to feel your groove and, and get really comfortable with yourself. And it's, it's, it's funny. You tell people that I was like, oh yeah, you know, just dedicate 18 months, right? Maybe like a year to a year to learning and testing. And then another half a year to kind of like doing dumb stuff. <laughs> Cause that's, I mean, most of us just do dumb stuff. Um, <laughs> dedicate 18 months to that. And then like, you'll be okay. Like 18 months. What? I'm like, well, how old are you? Like, I'm like, I'm like 25. Dude, you can do this for another like 50 years. <laughs> you could be good for 15 years. Just dedicate, you're young, just dedicate 18 months now. Or even people that are like, I'll talk to some really young, younger people that are like, you know, 16 and they're interested. And it's like, well, I can't legally open an account yet. I'm like, don't even worry about it. Like you're 16 right now. Like it's probably a blessing you can't legally open an account. Like just train for two years. Like just practice for two years. And then by the time you can legally open an account, practice, save your money, do all the budgeting stuff we talk about in the podcast, right? Practice, save your money. And then when you're ready, right, you'll be 18 years old. I think all of us would all of us would kill to start at 18, right? Unless there's any 18-year-olds in here. But I think all, I would, I mean, I don't even know about trading at 18 years old. I, I feel bad. And I don't, I don't want to make you guys feel bad. I feel bad at waiting till, uh, waiting, uh, till 21, I felt college was, I don't want to say it was a waste of time, but from, a, from an academic perspective, it, it wasn't 
worth the money. I met my wife in college. I played sports in college. I made a lot of friends in college. So I think all of that, I learned a lot of social interaction skills that are necessary in college. I learned how to, well, I knew how to speak correctly. I learned, I learned stuff in college. But like, man, if I would have spent those four years in college learning about the markets, man, I would have had such a head start. I wish I, I mean, like, so I even regret, like, 20, and 21 is young. Um, but I even regret, like, man, if I would have knew this at 18, I could have been four years ahead of myself right now. But, yeah, it's, you know, take the time now. You, it's, when you look, when you earn success, it's going to be worth it. And if it takes a little bit more time up front to earn it, uh, it's, trust me, it's worth it, man. Just, you rather, it, it's the same thing I was talking to a friend, we'll end on this, about the, the corona thing. And I don't know where I stand on it because I'm not an expert. Um, <laughs> but I would say this, right? There's this big beef right now of, of everyone. Like, there's, there's riots and stuff to reopen many of the economies, right? And it was funny. I think there was a riot the other day, then like 70 people from the riot um, we're tested positive. I don't know if that's true. The internet lies about everything, so I believe nothing the internet tells me. Um, but the fact is, there's a group that's like, hey, like we want to open up because we're losing money, our jobs have been cut, and I understand that. But at the same same time, again, like I think we need to be smart about it because if if and again, I'm not, I, I don't know any facts about anything, but if we were to open up too early and we just get hit worse with it then we got to spend more time in lockdown. So I'd rather just take my medicine now and heal up, right? From an injury perspective, I dealt with the same thing in college. I had a lot of hamstring injuries and I would always rush back because I didn't want to miss any games. And guess what would happen when I came back? I would tweak my hamstring again and then I'd be out another six weeks. And before you know it, I'm out half the year. And then finally my senior year, I wisened up, right? I had a hamstring injury. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take, take my time. I'm going to do it the right way. I came back the right way and never had one again. So invest a little bit more up front and benefit from it at the end instead of kind of going back and forth. So.